Good morning, all. Thank you for being with me this morning in our reflections for this Tuesday. O Lord and Master of my life, give me not a spirit of sloth, vain curiosity, lust for power, and idle talk, but give me, your servant, a spirit of soberness, humility, patience, and love. This was the prayer of a giant Christian man, a man who many of you might never heard of, but a man whose life and words inspired and transformed the life of million Christians throughout the century. This is the prayer of Saint Ephraim the Assyrian. Ephraim was born in the beginning of the fourth century, sometimes around the year 306, to a Christian parents somewhere in the city of Nisibis or nearby it in southern Turkey. At a young age, he became a deacon and a teacher of a new converts in the church under the leadership of the remarkable Bishop Jacob of Nisibis, who was one of the 318 bishops who attended the councils of Nicaea in 325. For the next four decades of his life, Ephraim served faithfully his role as deacon and teacher in the city under three more bishops. During his life in Nisibis, Ephraim also experienced multiple challenging moments, including three Persians' attack and sieges on the city in 338, 346, and 350. Sources speaks of his faith during this moment, including his role in encouraging his bishops, Jacob, to mount the walls of the cities and rebuke the Persian Shah Shapur II and his army for their ungodliness, calling upon God for a divine intervention, which seems to come in a form of storms of flies that enter the ears of the elephants of the Persian armies, causing a major chaos and retreat. Eventually, in 363, the Persian defeated the Romans, killing their apostates Emperor Julian, which led to a peace treaty that saw the capitulation of Nisibis to the Persian. Ephraim, like many of his city's Christians, were forced out by the Persian, who evacuated Nisibis of its Christian population as part of the priest agreement, which saw emptying the city of their people. He moved westward and lived as a refugee in the city of Edessa for the last decade of his life. In Edessa, a more Hellenized Syriac city, Ephraim flourished once again intellectually, despite the new context and new place and a certain degree and new culture, far from a home where he embraced and challenged his contacts, writing many of his works there. Eventually, on June 9th, 373, 
St. Ephraim died in his early 60s as a humble ascetic deacon in his cell. Yet he also died as a mighty, brilliant doctor of the church, leaving a rich and exemplary legacy that made him a venerated saint, not only in his Syriac tradition, but also in Catholic, Greek, Slavic, Armenian, Ethiopic, and Anglican traditions. In his life, Ephraim was a man of a brilliant mind and powerful words. He wrote multiple biblical commentaries on books such as Genesis, Acts, and Paul's letters. During his life, he focused in combating heresies such as those of Marcion, Mani, and Arius, writing many theological treatises. In addition, he produced first homilies and hymns. More than 400 of them survived until today, in which he wrote about many theological and biblical theme in poetry. Yet Ephraim wasn't only a man of mind and words, but also a man of heart and hands. Sources, for example, note his leading role in mobilizing the wealthy of city of Edessa during the famine in 372. The narrative notes how he was trusted with resources to establish a temporary 300-bed hospital and shelter in the street for local citizens and nearby villagers, where he spent the last year serving joyfully and faithfully before dying in June 373, one month just after the end of the famine. Thus, Ephraim was a man of words and actions. And the later Syriac poet and theologian Jacob of Suruj testified to that in his own poetry when he wrote these words. I quote, a true worker who labored diligently from start to finish, manifesting in himself both words and actions in practical way. End of quotes. Ephraim was a man ahead of his time. I know two things, for example. One, his intellectual creativity by writing theological poetry. His writing of poetry became foundational approach in Syriac Christian traditions, and it was embraced and imitated successfully by many, including Jacob of Suruj and Narsai, to mention two of the most notable Syriac Christian theologians and poets. Secondly, Ephraim was inspirational in his view of women's ministry, for he wrote poetry specifically for women, whom he trained to sing in church, thus incorporating them in the church services, as Jacob testified in his own poetry about him. I quote Jacob once again, who wrote, quote, The blessed Ephraim saw that the women were silent from praise, and in his wisdom he decided it was right that they should sing out, as he stood among the sister, it was his delight to steer these pure women into songs of praises." End of quotes. 
Saint Ephraim rose to fame quickly and was admired and celebrated beyond his Syriac context by many ancient theologians and historians. The earliest testimony comes from the pen of the great Saint Jerome, who wrote in his book on famous men in 392, just two decades about after the death of Ephraim, the following. I read and quote, Ephraim, a deacon of the church of Edessa, wrote a great deal in the Syriac language. He attained such a distinction that his writings are read in some churches after the scripture. I have read a work of his on the Holy Spirit, which someone had translated into Greek from Syriac. And even in translation, I could recognize how lofty and intellectual this man is. Jerome's words are great testimony about the esteem of St. Ephraim even in Latin tradition. And her, his words point to the translation of his work even before Jerome's testimony is noted. His translation of his work were undertaken in Greek, but not only Greek. Surviving evidence come also from Latin, Slavic, Aramaic, and Ethiopic, and preserved in monasteries and libraries from around the world. Yet Jerome wasn't the only one who wrote admirably about Ephraim. The famous historian Suzuman also leave us a record of the life of the man, devoting a chapter to him in his ecclesiastical history. He ends his narrative of Ephraim by these words, and I quote, Ephraim attained no higher clerical order than that of a deacon, although he become no less famous for his virtue than those who are ordained to priesthood and are admired for their good life and for their learning, end of quote. His Syriac vita, or his life in Syriac tradition, not even possible connections between him and the great Sam Basel, the Cappadocian fathers, and possibly also with Gregory of Nessa, where they shared remarkable theological interest. I want to highlight also a dream Ephraim had when he was a young boy. Palladius of Galatia write in his work around 420 this dream and document it to us. And he shares this dream of this young boy, which he says in it, and I quote Palladius here, a vine shout spring up from his tongue. It grew and everywhere under the heavens was filled by it. It bore bunches of grapes in proliferations, and all the birds of sky came and ate of its fruit. The more they ate, the more the branches multiplied and grew, end of quote. Although this might be a hagiographical legend, the dream truly reflects the life of Ephraim, a man whose words filled the heavens and earth, Satisfying the hunger of many to the word of God, given in the form of the sweet words of a humble 
and brilliant man. Regardless of the admirable life indeed of Ephraim, I believe Ephraim's prayers was fulfilled during his life and after it. For as we saw today, he was a man with a sober and brilliant mind. He was also a man with a loving and compassionate heart. He lived and died humbly as an ascetic deacon, as well as he labored patiently in writing enduring his life, difficulties, and challenges. This Ephraim this morning might be leaving us with a wonderful example for our life to imitate as servant of God. But also he challenges us with his prayers. Either you are a student or a staff or a faculty. Either you're starting or finishing your careers or studies. Either you're serving God through your mind or hands. Either you're laboring in shining public sphere or quietly in private ways. Either you're experiencing success or challenges in your life or ministry. Ephraim life and words might speak to you as it speaks to me today. Thus, let us pray this morning. Ephraim words, let us collectively say these words. O Lord and Master of my life, give me not the spirit of sloth, vain curiosity, lust, or power, an idle talk, but give me your servant, a spirit of soberness, humility, patience, and love. Amen. May these words be heard by our Heavenly Father and transform our life as we start a new semester, we start a new year, and we start a new journey, regardless of its difficulties, challenges, regardless of its opportunity and glory. Let us always remember these words, that God always glorify his name in your life and mine. Amen.